Hi, welcome to It Doesn't Have to Be Terrible, a podcast with me, Caroline Snyder, where we explore the financial stories and topics and questions that help us better understand how we as individuals impact and are impacted by the financial world around us. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that I get asked about, I think about once a week, and that is, what the heck is the difference between a financial advisor, a financial coach, and a financial consultant? This question, I think, is incredibly important for a couple different reasons. One, as individuals or as business owners or as decision makers and companies or organizations, it is really important to know who you're looking to hire and why, right? That, um, that's important. It's important for me to know the difference between a car mechanic and a HVAC salesperson, right? Like I need to know what I'm looking for and I need to know who I can reach out to when I have the appropriate question or the appropriate concern. The other reason I think it is important is that it is telling of a wider, I don't even know if I wanna say misunderstanding, that was the word that just popped to to my mind, but a wider um, gap of knowledge around the financial services industry in general, which ties back to something that we're gonna talk about all the time on this podcast, which is the fact that we have been so disconnected from often our own personal finances, but also the financial structures so that we are disempowered to make decisions on our own. So the fact that people don't know the difference between these professions is an indicator of the overall societal misunderstanding and distancing that has happened over a very long period of time. So let's dig in. We're gonna start with financial advisors. I think that is most often the thing that I get confused as. I just wanna say bye. I was like, wait, no, that's not right. That's the thing that I get confused as most often. Um, It's also one of the more established sort of professions in this space. So financial advisors are often called investment advisors or investment managers or money managers, and they all tend to focus almost entirely on investments. So they might be focusing on investments for an individual, a family, a trust, an organization, but they're really focused on that portfolio. How are the stocks doing? How are the bonds doing? How are the ETFs? What about the alternative investments? And how are all those things together working to help reach that individual, that family, that company, the client's goals? But it's a pretty narrow window, right? You wouldn't often go to a financial advisor, an investment advisor to ask about how best to get out of personal debt. You wouldn't often go to a financial advisor to ask, How do I change my daily financial habits to be able to reach these wider financial goals? Or 
how do I change from having a lot of stress and anxiety and a negative emotional response to dealing with my taxes to make it easier and less um, emotionally tumultuous. I have a story about doing taxes in my 20s that I'll share one day. Not today. That would be getting really off topic. Um, Those financial advisors are experts in this narrow band of the financial world. You often meet with a financial advisor once a year, twice a year, maybe quarterly. It sort of depends on the arrangement. You're not meeting with them super regularly most of the time. Just like caveat, there's going to be exceptions to basically everything I ever say (laughs) on this podcast. So someone's going to be listening to this and be like, well, I meet with my financial advisor once a month. It's like, well, you are the very small minority. The very small majority. The very small minority. Um, We're talking about the norms here. I actually started my financial career as a financial advisor. I worked in a pretty traditional, small, um, well, I don't know if the firm was actually traditional, but a pretty traditional structure. So like a, a small family firm. I was advising mostly companies, nonprofit organizations, small local businesses on benefits and strategy around benefits and specifically 401ks. So while I wasn't doing a whole lot of managing individual folks' investments, I was helping manage investments for a whole organization through those 401k plans. I learned a ton during that time. I think I use knowledge that I gained from that financial advising background on a daily basis, even though I do basically none of the same work. Um, There are little overlaps, but the overlaps are almost always in information and not in the functionality of what I do now as a financial coach. So that's a good way of thinking about it if we're comparing the professions. There are going to be overlaps for sure across all three, financial advisors, financial coaches, and financial consultants. And a lot of the overlap is on the necessary information and the knowledge you have to have as a profession in one of those or professional in one of those fields. And there's less overlap in the actual functionality of the job. So the last thing I want to talk about with financial advisors before we move into the world that I spend most of my day in, um, most of my days, I don't know if that's even, I don't know, before we move on to financial coaches, uh, and that's how advisors get paid. So there's a couple different ways that advisors can get paid. Sometimes they get paid commission. Um, especially if they're doing something kind of like related to insurance. But most often they're getting paid as a fee, a percentage fee of the entirety of the holdings you have with them. So it might be 1%, 0.5%. Just as a fun aside, when it says 0.5% and we're talking about financial services, folks always say 50 basis points. So anything point and below uh, or less than 1% ends up being in basis points. So five basis points is 0.05%. 
So that is a fee that's put on the amount of money that you have invested with that person. It can add up. And if you are a high, well, I was going to say high net worth individual, but I even mean beyond that. If you're investing $100,000 and above, and you are interested in more complex looking portfolios, so not just having like everything in the S&P 500 or 75% and one ETF, you're trying to do something more complicated, then an investment advisor can be incredibly useful and the fee can be worth the squeeze, quite frankly, um, because you're getting that expertise to help you figure out the best way to really um, structure your portfolio. The way I invest as an individual is really, really simple. I pick a few ETFs or mutual funds and that's what I stick with. I don't need an investment advisor to tell me how to do that. If you have um, like a 401k plan, you probably have an investment advisor who you can speak to to help you figure out how you want to invest within that 401k plan. But also 401k plans tend to have like 30 to 35 funds that are super regulated. Um, I mean, all funds are really regulated, but there are expectations that the IRS and DOL, there are expectations that the IRS and DOL put on 401k or employer-based plans. So nothing is going to be really wackadoodle that you have as an option, which is, I think, a good thing. Um, so those are investment advisors or financial advisors, right? Almost always working in investment world, almost always really advising you how to do it and then doing it for you. So they're managing the money themselves. You're not managing those investments. You're in, your input is in saying, yes, please go ahead and do that. Yes, you have my permission to go ahead and do whatever you think is best in my interest over the course of this period of time. Okay, now from financial advisor world, investments, stocks, ETFs, we are going to travel down the road to financial coach world. And this is what I refer to myself as. I'm a financial coach. What that means is that I spend my time really teaching people skills, knowledge, systems, so that they can manage their money well, whether that is personal fund money or um, not necessarily fund money, whether that's personal money or whether that's business money. Um, advisors tell you how to do something and then do it for you, uh, and coaches are really teaching you how to do it yourself. Some of the information that I'm helping you learn and the information that I'm using to help people create systems that work for them are the same, is the same information that a financial advisor would be using too. Um, coaches like advisors work with a ton of different types of people. So I specialize in working with folks with fluctuating income who are small business owners or entrepreneurs or professional freelancers. And I specialize in working with folks on 
their business finances and personal finances and that messy middle in between. For some people, that means we're focusing almost entirely on personal and some that means we're focusing almost entirely on business. Sorry, just having to pause for my cat to cough. Pancho, are you finished? She just gave me a dirty look. Okay, we'll see. I had a Zoom the other day and she just vomited multiple times in the middle of it. So get ready for that, Joy. Um, oh, right. So I, I work with folks in that often in that messy middle. And that means that some of my clients are business owners of multi-million dollar corporations. Some of that, some of that, sometimes that means my clients are individual graphic designers who have no interest in growing their business. Um, some folks come to me saying, I'm in debt over my eyeballs and I don't know how to get out. And some folks come to me and say, I know I have way too much in savings and I need to do something with this money and I don't know how to do it. So the problems or the concerns or the issues that clients come to me with are all over the map. And I love that as someone who can get a little bored sometimes. Um, I like that there's a really wide range of issues. It's very rare for someone to come to me with a problem that I haven't seen in the past at this point, but I relish when that happens. Um, but my clients themselves all experience the same struggle and stress and joy of having so much control over their finances, which is both empowering and beautiful and absolutely terrifying. Um, other coaches might work with only lawyers or might work with folks with a certain net worth or might work with folks only who are dealing with debt problems or might work with folks only who are looking to make some big financial changes to their lives around saving and investment. Um, it's a whole wide range. I would say a financial coach who's saying like, I'll work with anybody about anything. That's probably a red flag because very few people could possibly do that well. Um, narrowing in is helpful. Same thing with financial advisors too though. So if you're an investment advisor, having a niche is really helpful while the information and the knowledge you're using might be similar across the board. The way you apply it is differently or is different depending on the client. Coaches, as opposed to financial advisors, work with people much more frequently. So personally, I work with folks um, twice a month, monthly, um, or in like very intensive spurts of time over the course of just a couple months. Um, if you have hired me, I'm in your life in a pretty regular way for a period of time. And that is really typical of a lot of financial coaches. A lot of financial coaches also have online courses or online programs that I would argue are like coaching adjacent because the way 
I think of coaching and the way I work as a coach is that it really needs to be a give and take back and forth, right? I'm teaching you how to do something. So me being with you and understanding, and by with you, I mean via Zoom, by the way, but being with you and understanding where your hangups are and where you're struggling is really important. Um, but a course can be a really helpful place if you're like, I just need a lot of information and I need to practice some skills. Um, Puno of I Love Creatives and I collaborated on a course called Finance Friends Forever a few years ago um, that is still excellent. We're making updates all the time and it is really designed for people who are wanting a really strong financial literacy foundation to being able to manage their personal finances well. So it's not actually the clientele that I typically work with. Um, it's usually people who are making a career change or early on in their career or just are feeling like, I never learned anything about budgeting. I never learned anything about debt. I don't understand what my credit score is. So that course I think is a really good resource and there are other courses out there as well, but I'm just not gonna like point you to them because <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> um, coaches get paid for fee for service. So you buy the course or you buy um, a monthly subscription to a program or you pay for actual hours of work together. Um, I get paid monthly for my monthly coaching clients. I almost said concerns. I get paid monthly for my monthly coaching clients and that includes the coaching coaching sessions and all the in-between work that we do together. Um, I also get paid kind of by the amount of time for my folks who are doing sprint days and that's pretty typical. That is a pretty normal way of doing it. Some coaches will have um, people pay up front for a lot of time or maybe pay in two big lumps. I have personally never been very comfortable with that. We can dive into that on another topic, um, but that is the way people get paid. But it's not based on how much money you have invested with them because coaches are not investing your money. They might be teaching you how to though. Okay, so moving out of coach land, I'm imagining by the way, a, um, what was that? Candyland. That's what I'm imagining when I'm going like this. I'm imagining a little Candyland road. So moving out of Coachland, we go to financial consultant land. And also, by the way, this is not a straight road. It is like there's squigglies. It's all over the place. So we move into financial consultant. I refer to myself most often as a financial coach, but I actually work as a financial consultant as well with certain clients. Um, I just don't usually call myself a financial consultant. Honestly, I call myself a financial consultant when I am with a bunch of folks who are considerably, not considerably, like boomers. When I'm with boomers and I'm like, I don't want to explain what a coach is. That's too confusing. I'm just going to call myself a financial consultant. So that's what I do. Um, it's a coping mechanism for myself. Financial consultants, as opposed to an advisor who's like, this is what you should do. I'm going to do it for you or a coach who's like, I'm going to teach you how to do it based on your needs and wants and desires. A financial consultant is going to be like, I'm going to do a bunch of back end work for you 
and then you're going to bring it over the finish line by implementing it. Every once in a while, a consultant might help you implement something, um, but it really is going to depend on the thing. So for example, I might help a consulting client of mine implement some new pricing structures or implement some new systems. I also do that on some ways with with my coaching clients too. But what I'm not going to do is run their payroll for them, even though part of our consulting work has determined that the payroll processes need to change and here are the better new payroll processes that will help you reach your goals, right? I'm gonna tell them this is the better processes to help you reach your goals. Let's talk through how to make this work and if there are problems with what we've come up with the need to shift, but then I'm not running payroll. Financial consultants, I think, are the broadest of the three terms, right? A consultant can work on almost any financial concern, any financial issue, any question, and work with almost any type of client. But just like coaches and advisors, most financial consultants narrow in on specific specialties. And again, If they don't narrow in on a specialty, that should be a red flag. So as a consultant myself, I work with basically the exact same clients I work with as coaching clients, but for folks who are not interested in learning how to do it themselves, they have questions and concerns that requires work to figure out the answers that is pretty specialized expertise financial work that they don't wanna do, like creating projections, creating new pricing structures, diving into all of their financial structures for their business and untangling them and creating new structures. That's not something that my consulting clients have interest in learning how to do because that's not, that's not what they're interested in. It's also not the best use of their time. Um, Whereas I'm super interested in, and it is a good use of my time. But other consultants might narrow in on just specific types of questions that folks have. It might be that they only work with businesses in specific industries. Like I only work with manufacturers. That's not me. Um, I only work with retail, whatever it is. Or it might be I only work with individuals with a net worth over such and such, or I only work with businesses with $10 million in annual revenue, whatever it is, there's going to be some way of narrowing down. So I actually think financial consultants, I think might be the hardest one to find if you are looking for a financial consultant in that they're Like finding the right fit there can be really challenging. Now I'm kind of rethinking what I said. Is it actually the hardest to find? Maybe, maybe not. They're all challenging to find in their own ways. Because this is a relationship and you're sharing such personal, um, quite frankly, like intimate knowledge about yourself or your business. And if you're a small business owner, like that is yourself. Um, that finding someone who you really trust is important. Okay, that's a little side. I got off the road. 
I got onto like Caroline bandwagon. So getting back onto the road, back into financial consultant land. The main functionality of a consultant, right, is doing a lot of that back end work, doing a lot of the research, making a lot of spreadsheets, which are my favorite. Um, and then having meetings with the clients probably less frequently than a financial coach would. Um, and probably more frequently than a financial advisor would. It's gonna kind of depend on the project. So for most of my consulting clients, I meet with them about twice a month, which is actually the same amount of time that I meet with my monthly coaching clients too. But the way the meeting is structured is a little different. I'm often pre presenting things with my consulting clients and then we're digging into them and unearthing or determining what is a challenge point there that needs to be worked out or what works per, uh, or what works particularly well that can be go um, that can go ahead and get implemented immediately and then finally like how do these people get paid similarly to coaches is the answer most of the time but often consultants will have like a project based rate or an hourly rate, depending on the type of work they do. Um, I used to do a lot more hourly than I do now. And part of that is simply because I have been doing this work for long enough that I can look at a project and look at questions and be like, okay, we're gonna need to work together for X period of time. I can do the backend math and saying like, instead of you paying me hourly, I'm gonna tell you an amount of money that this work is going to cost over the course of a period of time. Um, because quite frankly, that's easier to budget than being like, well, they're working hourly and I don't know if it's gonna be five hours or 10 hours or 15 hours. And what I always do as a consultant is have a cap, which is very normal, but sometimes the cap is really annoying <laughs> because I can be like, great, I'm trying to get through this like really meaty piece of the project and I have to wait till next month to finish it unless I get approval to go over now. Like that's just adding extra work in my personal opinion for everybody. Whereas the lump sum, um, well, I never do like a full lump sum, but like a monthly lump sum means that I have more flexibility in how I work. And I think it is often better for the client too. Okay, so we talked about advisors. We talked about coaches. We talked about consultants. As a reminder, they all work with all sorts of folks <laughs> and organizations, but each one should narrow down some into a niche. Investment advisors get paid based on the amount of money you have invested with them. Financial coaches get paid almost always for a fee for kind of fee for time, fee for expertise, and financial consultants get paid the same way. Now it's a question of, do I actually need any of these people in my life? Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Um, I think the vast majority of folks certainly don't need all of these people in their lives and likely don't even need one of them in their lives or don't need them one of don't need one of them in their lives um like ongoing 
So I said this earlier up top, I think a little bit, but investment advisors tend to be the most helpful for folks who are either decision makers in a company and are making investment choices that are impacting more than just their own personal finances, or um, individuals who are wanting to invest a more significant amount of money and in a way that um, is more complex than what sort of like a robo-advisor, which we'll talk about another time, a robo-advisor or they as an individual can do on their own. Financial coaches, because you're teaching someone how to do something um, and the knowledge necessary, that financial literacy piece, I think that probably most people could benefit from a financial coach if that financial coach is specializing in an area that matches your needs. Um, We'll talk about this another time too. I feel like this whole episode is just me being like, we can't talk about that. Gotta stay on the Candyland road. Um, Hopefully my producer slash husband is writing all of these things down so we don't forget. Okay, so what on earth was I talking about now? I forgot. Oh, I think most people can benefit from a coach because this is what it was. Back on the train, back on the road. Um, this is the stop at the Caroline bandwagon, by the way. The, for the vast majority of folks in the United States and actually globally, we do not get much financial literacy in school and very little in our home lives as well. So if the coach is teaching you the financial literacy that you've missed um, by no fault of your own to be able to learn how to manage your money well, that is wonderful. That being said, there are a ton of free resources out there. And if you find a good reputable resource or like low cost resource that meets your needs, that's wonderful. Um, If you have financial questions that are not particularly complicated, if your income is not particularly complicated, like you have a nine to five W2 kind of job, um, if you don't have a lot of debt, if you're not trying to make some like big money moves, uh, if you're not trying to start a business, if you're not a small business owner, right? Any of those things, then I would go to the internet before going directly to a coach or going to coaches to ask for resources so you know that it's been narrowed down and um, not from just random wackadoodles on the internet. If your financial reality and what you're trying to learn is more complicated and like it is just clear that what you're finding online or in books is not specialized enough, it's not individualized enough, that's where coaches can be really, really helpful. Consultants often are incredibly helpful for businesses or organizations and not for individuals. Um, Again, I'm sure there's exceptions to that rule, but if you have a small business or a large business and are wanting to make financial changes either in structures or processes or management or in growth plans, then bringing in outside help in the form of a consultant can be really, really helpful to make that change. 
for the clients that I work with, I'm most often sort of like the stopgap before hiring a full-time CFO. So I'm helping an organization up-level their business finances and helping them up-level their growth projections and their growth trajectory. And at some point, I'm basically going to remove myself. I'm going to like work myself out of a job because at some point, most of my consulting clients are going to end up hiring someone who's doing the work that I'm doing full time, plus some additional work that I am not doing, like running payroll. Um, so it depends. It depends on what hat you're wearing, but I wouldn't jump to needing the outside help is what I would argue. Getting off Caroline bandwagon? I don't even know what I'm doing now. Hopefully I'm in some place with a lot of like Swedish fish. Ooh, no, I want to be on the Candyland part of the board, which doesn't exist with Scandinavian swimmers, the superior Swedish fish from Trader Joe's. I wish this podcast was sponsored by Trader Joe's. Let's work on that. Okay. Team, um, team. Anyway, if through listening to this, you're like, hmm, I actually think I do need a coach and I actually do have fluctuating income or I actually think I do need a consultant and I have a small business um, or a medium-sized business, then please feel free to reach out. Um, You can find me at Verity Daily on Instagram. You can find me on my website, verityadvising.com, or you can email me at caroline at verityadvising.com. And if you're like, I don't want any of those things, more power to you. Go to your local Trader Joe's and get you some Scandinavian swimmers and DM me with a picture of your Scandinavian swimmers, and I will be very excited and jealous for you. (sighs) Okay. Thank you for listening to, um, I almost just said the wrong name of the podcast. I almost just messed it up entirely. Thank you for listening to It Doesn't Have to Be Terrible. Please rate, review, um, and subscribe. That helps a lot. And I'll see you next week.